everyone. Welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. My name is Brooke and I'm here with Claire and Ben. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Good. Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's been a busy week. Some major assignments, projects catching up to me. Yeah, this is definitely the first week of big assignments, big essays. Everyone has exams this week. Yeah, it really is the uh, start of the busy time of the school year, whereas the first month's usually that slow. You're you're getting in, you're getting started. And now it's the okay, we're getting into the first ex- assign- exams, and now we're now we're even starting to soon get midterms for some classes. I can't believe how fast midterms have came this semester. It feels like we just moved in, and now midterms are coming. Half of my midterms are before midterm week. Wow! Like I think that midterms are supposed to be week eight, and I have two or three exams in week seven. I mean. See, like, in theory, that would be nice if, like, oh, I have, like, one week seven, you know, like, another week nine type of vibe. But they're like, oh, we're all going to get ahead of the curve. And they really just moved midterms up a week. Like, pretty okay, much. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like they pretty much all it's like all the professors are communally come together and say, oh, we have nothing to do this week. Let's all put midterms all in the exact same week within the same three days. Yeah. And the fact that every single first exam and assignment is in week five. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. It's, I don't remember it used to be like this. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had so many big projects where like, Brooke, you were telling me about your, you know, big six page paper that you have coming up and like, I've had some like Photoshop stuff. I had a big like still life that I had to do for one of my art classes, bro. I spent two hours shading one object and just, (laughs) just, just wanted to cry. It was horrible. Don't sign me up for that. My my mind is like, give me back the calculus. I'm good now. I don't want to draw anymore. I'll do the math. Never mind. Yeah, I have a six page paper due today and I had three pages written yesterday. Absolutely hated it. So I deleted it and now I'm starting over the day that it's due. Probably not um, the most time efficient, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's not probably your best move trying to wait till the last minute because i'm guessing it's due at midnight tonight yes it is yes you've got you've got 11 hours to get a piece of of paper done that you should have had that you should work spend more than 11 hours writing probably right because we we have had a week and a half to do this and i had started it and i was i thought i was doing good and then i got stuck after three pages three pages and i was like i i hate this and i can't move on from this point right here. So I deleted it and I'm starting over. And let me guess those first three pages probably took you probably the week the, and a half. The week and a half yeah, to get the week there. And a half. Because you probably started this out. as soon as you probably took a day the day after class, right? All right, let's think. What am I gonna be writing about? Then the, the second day start writing and now you're like, okay, a week and a half later. I don't like this at all. Now I have to restart over and now try and pull a 180 and get this entire thing done. Right. I handed in that draft that was due a week ago and the professor's going to look at my draft and then he's going to look at the paper and they will be two very, very completely different papers. But it's OK. I was going to ask what class it was for, but then I realized it's probably not something we should be admitting on camera on on the record being like, yeah, yeah just kidding. I did. It's just an English course. So, OK, casual. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. It's not like it's that big of a deal. No, except it's our first it's our first assignment. So like when they put that one assignment in and then that's all that there's that's in the grade book out of the whole total. And it looks like you have like 35 percent in the class because they have no other assignments in at all. 
doesn't look too great. That's depressing. You know those tacky little emails that they send you and they're like, I've noticed you've been excelling in English 101. And then, okay, I'm one of those kids who like, yep, okay, cool. All my grades are put together. I um, wasn't doing so hot in one of my engineering courses in was my sophomore year and I remember getting that email of like yep you're in danger of failing this class and there was no greater (laughs) panic but then you get those assignments where they're you know there's five assignments in the class and there's one and it doesn't look great and you're like this looks like I'm an idiot I don't like this this is dumb so I get that or you have the situation where it literally like you said there is only one assignment in there and then the next and then everything else comes after that it's like you're hoping you're doing really well or you're going to then be getting all these emails saying you're maybe you should rethink about this class before the drop date of maybe you shouldn't be in this class. And then you're like, well, there's one assignment in the book. There's more coming. This could turn around or I'm retaking the class next semester. I had some professors who like refused to grade until like the end of the semester. Like they'd grade tests like right away, but like any like assignments, papers, stuff like that, projects, they just leave it till the end. So I was like, bro, I really hope that I'm doing okay because I have no idea. I would think as a instructor, you would want to get all that stuff done as soon as you get it in because you know as you get closer to the end of the semester all in all those classes you're teaching. The more and more students are going to be trying to bug you and ask you about questions about stuff. So you'd think you'd want to get all that stuff done as soon as possible rather than pile it up to the very last minute and then be like, oh, I'm busy all day and I can't meet with you today. Okay, well, engineering profs aren't accessible anyway, so (laughs) close enough. (laughs) Or but my when I was engineering, a lot of them would assign like Alex or WebAssign Newton type of thing. So that way they didn't have to grade anything. The computer just did it. And I'm like, so what are you doing all day? Research is the answer. But I'm like, sometimes I feel like those classes, like for the professors, it's just such like a cop out. They're just giving this like whole mind tap, like, um, busy work assignment. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of busy work. And the whole class schedule and everything is all just on this one online thing yeah and it's automatically graded the assignments are automatically assigned you don't even have to see your professor exactly i have i have a class this semester that i'm really upset about um i was assigned a four and a half hour lecture um and you obviously have to watch all the videos you know in order you can't uh, speed it up whatever. It was a four and a half hour um, lecture on how to use the software program. I'm just being vague because I don't want to rat on this teacher quite yet. Got to give them the benefit of the doubt. However, if this doesn't change, they'll be getting the most horrendous selfie review at the end of the semester. Not going to lie. Four and a half hour lecture that was not recorded by the professor. And then they throw us into these groups for us to like review the thing we made on the software program and the professor isn't there they take like four days to respond to my emails like it makes me so mad they're literally not teaching this course at all like they record a five minute intro video that for the beginning of each project which we only have five like this is dumb there isn't even a rubric i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing but going back to that selfie the whole selfie thing i i always love it at how some professors use that as uh, leverage to try and give you extra credit at the end of the semester it's like if we get x amount of percentage of the class to get this done it's like 
I get why we do them and I get everything, but it's like for the people who then don't do them at all, I'm like, you literally threw away credit. It's like, if you were, if you were on one of the cusp of going up a grade level, why wouldn't you have done it to get it to that thing? I have one class that offers so much extra credit. I'm convinced that I don't have to do a single assignment and I could get by with a passing grade just on extra credit. Every assignment that she gives out and like Blackboard post, she puts little mistakes in it. And if you screenshot them and send them to her, she gives you extra credit. That sounds like a Munsky class. I think I might be in that class. That extra credit sounds like a Munsky class. To be honest, though. I've never had a class with him. I took geography and I couldn't even get into one with him. Yeah. Munsky is one of those professors where you literally could do everything on the very last day late and he'd still give you full credit and all the extra credit that you were supposed to do. That was like one of those classes where I, the amount of people I knew that had over a hundred and something percent in that class was not what it is. Basically just says if you're taking a history geography class, Take it with Munsky because one, he's a great teacher to learn from. And two, um, he literally is giving out extra credit every single day. He's an icon. He's a legend. He is the moment. And apparently Come he's on, been y'all. here for like 40 years. Okay. Well, then he's definitely late tenured. So. Oh, yeah. I had a history professor who was not quite on that level of extra credit, but, you know, also quite accessible in the sense of like, yep, put in the effort. We'll make it work. You'll get the grade. I remember that was like the first college class where I went over 100%. I was like, I was a freshman. I was like, does this happen all the time? But now I'm like, oh, nope, that does not happen all the time. But 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 the funny part is, is you look at the freshman and it's like, if, let's say let's say you take his class as a freshman in the fall and you, you're now of that might and you've come from a, and you've just come out of high school. <laughs> You're now kind of in this artificial sense of, okay, well, all of these teachers give all this extra credit, which does, so then, so then it's like, I don't really have to work on a test that hard or work on the go to paper or anything. It kind of, it unfortunately puts you in a position where you get this false sense of security of, okay, I don't have to study that hard or I don't have to do this much work in compared to some of the other classes. Okay, but real talk, I'm a junior in college and I still really don't know how to study. (laughs) Not going to lie. I haven't done an exam probably since my freshman year because I've done mostly English and communications, which is Mm -hmm. projects and essays. And for the first time in probably six semesters, I have to take a midterm exam and I don't know how to study at all. I I have no idea what I need to be studying or how to actually study because I just do projects and essays and now I have to do a midterm exam. Wow. I'm weird about having to take exams now because so many of them were online. Um, I had a variety of like some proctored, some not, blah, blah, blah. So I'm kind of nervous to like be in person for some of this stuff and be like, wait, I can't just use my notes yeah that, I, I, I i i've had my first exam in person and after not having being in person for an exam for over a year that was weird because it's like you kind of just was like oh i could take this whenever i want you know what i don't have to wake up i'm not having to take it at a certain time i could just maybe take it yet yeah, make in get up in the morning go over this stuff one more time review it 
get eat, get some food in and then take in. But it's like, oh, I have to take it when the class is. Yeah, it's, it was a lot more casual when you had it online, your own time frame. I know I get super worked up when I like go in for an exam and be like, oh, my gosh, it's, this exam's a seven. I can't be late. Blah, blah, blah. Like if I eat too soon, um, I'll be hungry to exam for you too late. I'm going to feel like sick. So having that like casual timeline, that was really convenient being online. I feel like the pressure is so much higher when you're in the classroom. I get distracted so easily that like I would be sitting at my desk taking an exam and every time someone got up to hand theirs into the front of the room or something, you know, I'm then just looking around for three minutes, wasting time, wondering, oh, how did they get done so fast? Like, do I not know what's going on? Yeah. Or there's like that one kid who refuses to like get up and blow their nose. And you're like, I'm going to I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose my mind. Now we're in a different world where it's like, I swear to God, if you have COVID and you came in for this exam, I'm going to kill you. So, Or it's like you hear people sneeze and you hear people cough and you're like, what's going on? What's going on? You're you're we're all hypersensitive now as whereas probably some of us, probably some people were sensitive before, but now it's at a level we've never seen before. I'm so nervous because I have the absolute worst allergies right now. Every time that fall rolls around, I get like a plugged nose. I start coughing and um, now I'm scared to like walk into a classroom and cough because people look at you and you're like, I swear, I swear I don't have COVID. I just have allergies. Oh, man. Um, on one of our podcasts, we were talking about the UND incentives for vaccinations and like COVID testing. I'm still in like the weird point where like, at what point should I be getting tested again? Like, I I don't show any symptoms. I'm already vaccinated. Like, I don't know. <sighs> I want that $10 food voucher, okay? That's what I want. And, you know, the well-being mindset of like, yep, we don't have COVID, at least not today. Not today, COVID. Um, but, yeah. Fall allergies suck, Brooke. I, I feel you there. I don't even know what I'm allergic to. Honestly, it's just every fall. Every fall. Maybe it's just the harvest air of all of all the harvest going on and all the stuff getting blown around. Yeah, it, it must be. dust. Yeah. And it just getting like drier out in general. So last Friday, we finally got the great approval that they could start taking down McVeigh. I don't know if you've been if you've been driving around campus and you just see this random concrete elevator shaft that's been built. But the the new building has already the work's been started and it was just on Friday that they got approval to start destroying old McVeigh. Now. That was supposed to happen back in June. As you can tell, this is September, not June. Is and it December? <laughs> is, it, is it December? It's not. The, Sorry, I, I broke it on this conversation before the podcast. <laughs> We're like, um, wait. <laughs> but boy, is that thing they've been that thing came down really fast. I was kind of shocked they had a whole bunch of machines there. And it was like they had already gotten half of it done like within a day. And mm-hmm. it was really surprising. So I haven't driven around at all. I, if I go somewhere, I go down uh, Columbia and I don't really come down past Wilkerson or anything. So like it's gone, gone. Like they're getting rid of it completely and rebuilding. Yes, yes they are rebuilding to, I believe West is also coming down mm-hmm. and, and it will eventually become New West. Okay. I know that they haven't housed people in West for a couple of years now, I don't uh, think. They did my freshman year. Did and that they? was 2019 and then into 2020, obviously being sent yep. home. Okay. Wise. 
Yeah, I believe they reopened West. It was McVeigh they had closed in 2019 and mm-hmm. they had started the demo, I believe. This no. Is, this is under my or or because or, I was in McVeigh my freshman year. So it's not possible. OK, so then which one or so then which one was it that they had started the demo on? Because it's one of those ones over there. Because Brandon already was reconstructed. Okay, let me think about this. Because I was in McVeigh my freshman year. Uh, Several of my friends lived in McVeigh my sophomore year. So that was definitely open. West might have been closed last year. So maybe it was West that they had gutted already. Okay. Because I remember that when in my freshman year, um, that following year, one of them, they were they were in the process of renovating all of the, the whole Wilkerson area to look like Brandon. Okay. But then they ran out of money after they did Brandon. So, well, no, they ran out of money in the middle of, it must have been West then. So then when they were rebuilding West, they ran out. And then uh, when the Walsh quads, because I don't believe anyone's over there now, when those all went, because um, those were all... I can't keep up with what dorms are open and closed at this point. I can't either. Is all of the ones in the quad closed down right now? I believe so. Where are they housing all of the freshmen? Oh, uh, no. I believe no. it's all in Wilkerson area. No, I have a friend in Squires. Okay, but besides Squires, I believe everybody's in the Wilkerson area. Okay. Because Squires is closed. I mean, yeah, yeah like dining, dining is, but like the actual like... I don't believe there's anyone there because I believe there's only there's we're like at a fraction of what normally lives on campus. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's been declining for years. Right. And I believe that's why everybody's been moved over to the Wilkerson complex because they just. I moved somewhere into Squires. I hauled boxes up there. Maybe like the one side is open and then Wilkerson and then the like Smith, Johnstone, Fulton. I've seen people go in and out of there recently. So that one must be open, too. True, I guess. Hmm. I was going to say, so again, I was in McVeigh my freshman year and uh, we had a, a floor group chat on Snapchat. And obviously that's kind of sent, like sat dormant for a while. But um, a lot of people would like drive by on uni and be like, guys, it's all gone. And so I saw tons of photos and like video reactions to McVeigh being no longer. Um, ironically, a lot of my extended family went to UND so I have like aunts and uncles who like lived in McVeigh in the 70s and 80s and that was always weird when I told them when I went when I would decide to go to UND they're like you're in McVeigh that's where I was for my undergrad and I'm like oh oh, okay (laughs) nice okay it looks like I might be wrong about which ones were open and closed I'll never understand how UND's like websites can be so pretty and like so broken yeah (laughs) so well before they before they updated the website (laughs) The old website was usable. I never saw that, so I don't know. I'm sorry. Can't contribute there. Oh, so much better. I feel like okay, if so, you're... Okay, so Brandon, no one's in it this year. No one's in McVeigh, which makes sense. <laughs> I sure uh, hope not. <laughs> and no one's in West. <laughs> okay. But everybody else is in... Um, so it does look like that Walsh, Squires, and uh, are open. Okay. So I was wrong about that. I just was... I just was under the expectation that every because the Squires Dining Center had closed, mm-hmm. that they had moved everybody over. Yeah. No, I think the decision to close the dining center came a couple weeks after everyone was on campus because they were hoping for more student employment and the numbers just never went back to what they needed. And then just everyone's already in there. So are they planning on opening the Squires Dining Center? I've heard that 
they're trying to get it open, but I don't know I if they're actually I imagine, ever yeah, I, imagine the, I haven't heard anything concrete, but I imagine they're trying to. But again, employment across the nation is down at in, within every industry, higher ed is obviously a beast of its own, not to mention trying student employment is also just a wild time work study. Like there's just so much. Yeah. So Squire, Squires is just closed due to loose, low staffing. Um, but Starbucks opens on the 30th. On the 30th. So like in four days. Yes. That's the grand opening. Yay. I'm so excited. People are outside our office with Starbucks and we were going back and forth on whether our office is in the Memorial Union and we were like, is it open? I was so excited. I really thought that it was open. I got down to like my last two sips of coffee and I was so thinking that I could just walk down stairs and get a coffee. But four more days. Four more days. What's your go-to order, Brooke? You said you like hot coffee. I'm the one who likes cold coffee. At home, I I just make uh, coffee in the Keurig. Okay. And I usually just get like just vanilla medium roast. Toss a little bit of vanilla creamer in there. Sometimes I'll just go black if if I'm feeling it that day. But a little bit of vanilla creamer and that's okay. it. If I'm going to Starbucks, I'll just get like a vanilla latte usually. Okay, fair enough. I don't like very complicated orders. Honestly, Starbucks kind of stresses me out. I I get that. Um, I I worked in a franchise Starbucks, and you can just see the stress on people's faces. But then there's other people who think they know what they're doing, and then they're obnoxious because you're like, you actually don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so again, you're Canadian. I prior to COVID, I would have people come into um, our Starbucks, which is franchised again. So some things are a little bit different. Um, Technically, we carry like some syrups are a different like brand. It's it's confusing. We're not going to get into it. But I had some Canadian customers come in and they were talking about like juniper berry like syrup. And I was like, what the heck? No, we don't carry that. I have never heard of that. It might have been like a limited thing, but it was definitely Canadian. One thing that I learned coming here and trying to order coffee at home Um I like to get my coffee from McDonald's. Okay. They have the best coffee I've ever had in my entire life. The coffee at the McDonald's there is very different than the coffee here at okay, McDonald's. I, was about like, to say, I literally just had McDonald's coffee no, yesterday I've, and it's just sugar and milk. Oh, it's, it's gonna not break good. Out. It's I'm gonna die. American McDonald's coffee, absolutely horrible. I refuse to drink it. But the first thing that I do when I cross the border is I find a McDonald's and I go and get a coffee. So if you get like an extra large coffee, you say, can I get a double double, please? Turns out no one knows what that is here. I drove up to Starbucks one time. I think it was probably my freshman year. And I asked, can I get a double double? No one knows what that is. What is a double double? It's two sugar, two cream. I actually do know what that means. I, I literally sat there. Like at the window, trying to explain what this was, thinking that they just couldn't hear me. Like, so, because they were like, what, what? So I thought that they just couldn't hear me. I had a loud vehicle at the time. So like I turned my vehicle off, made sure that they could hear me. Turns out they just didn't know what I was trying to order. But you get like an extra large coffee, you get a double, double, two sugar, two cream. But no one knows what that is here. And then if you just order a regular coffee, it's one sugar, one cream. So you go to the window, you say, can I get a regular or can I get a double, double? Huh. Yeah. But going back to the uh, that juniper syrup thing, apparently it is a normal Starbucks drink. Okay, see, I, I so knew it, this was a Canadian it, thing, and it, it was so wild. It literally quite says, our seriously smooth, subtle Starbucks blonde espresso with steamed milk, 
mingled with beautiful juniper berries, juniper syrup. The beverage has a light pine-like flavor with a, delit- a delightful citrus undertones. We capped this latte with velvety foam and and base and pine citrus sugar. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Hmm. It sounds very Canadian, though. Who wants a drink that tastes like pine? Okay, one time I um, bought... It actually sp- sounds like Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, one time I bought tea at Ikea. Don't ask. Um, and it was like <laughs> pine flavor. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty nasty. Like, I... I'm pretty tolerant. Like, I can drink coffee black. I don't add any sweetener to, like, tea, anything like that. Like, this was so nasty. Not going to lie. Like, I would not recommend. Honestly, though, when it comes for, like, when it comes to coffee, I don't always vibe with the citrusy undertones. Um, Yeah, that sounds like a coffee snob. We're going to (laughs) back up from that. But anyway, not the point. Um. When I did work at that franchise Starbucks, um, sometimes Starbucks would have like their special, I want to say limited time only drinks, but like the, there's something called a unicorn frappuccino a couple years ago. I remember those. Oh my yep. freaking gosh. I, I'm pretty sure it was literally just a vanilla bean frappuccino with like some sort of food coloring in it. I think yeah. that's what they finally figured it out to be. And I remember all, it was like all the rage for like two weeks. Well, yeah, because it was, it was a limited It was time. a limited time thing. And. I remember who was it? Was it ABC or NBC? One of those guys interviewed one of the baristas at the time and they said it was their least favorite drink they had ever made. I hate because, vanilla bean frappuccinos. No, 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 <laughs> not that. It was the unicorn one because you had to pour it a specific way or okay. it didn't work or something. It was, it was something stupid like that. If, if they didn't pour it or put in the colors in the right way, it wasn't. It, I believe that's how it was. It wasn't. They weren't able to give it to the customer. Okay. Sometimes I wonder when those people that go up to the counter with their massively long orders where they want like three shots of this and this kind of milk and like, you know, where the receipt is like super, super long. I sometimes wonder if the baristas just make some like super basic drink, slap that receipt on there and give it to them because how would that person ever know? How could you ever know that your eight (laughs) different requests are in that tiny little cup? Well, if you are going to do those eight different requests, why aren't you just using the app and just scan it so they can just automatically like that? There you go. There's your drink. Well, okay. I had some regulars that would come in and like they do know they can tell. Um, yeah, but that's a regular. What yeah. if this, if it's just a random person, they've got a mile long list. How the heck are they going to know if you put one shot of this and in instead of two shots? Right. They saw this drink on TikTok and then they decided to go in and try it one day. They would never know. No. So, okay. But to be honest, it's, it's really not that difficult. Like someone, okay. It's more obnoxious when someone comes in and, sh- and like hands you their phone and like, I want this drink and you have to watch the TikTok four times because they couldn't be bothered to write it down. And I'm like, I hate you. This is a waste of my time. Like, this is stupid. Uh, I feel like being working at Starbucks was very much a translation job because people would be like, I want a caramel drink. I'm like, I'm going to smack my head on the counter. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was so specific. So then I'll be like, okay, do you want that hot iced or blended? Like I'll avoid using any term. Like I won't say frappuccino, like tall grande, venti, trenta, like, oh my gosh. Well, it's the flight. It's the, it's where it all started. So mm-hmm. everybody goes there. Yeah. When I was, when I was in Seattle, um, I was there for a missions trip and the girls in my youth group, please keep in mind, we're literally all 15 year old white girls. Like the stereotype was very much real. Everyone's like, I got to go to the original Starbucks. And I was like, uh, 
oh, okay, it's literally going to be no different. We all know what it looks like. We all know what Google is. I don't really know why we need this photo, but you do that. Yeah, going from Starbucks there or on uh, branding. They're also transitioning to a whole lot of drive through locations rather than um, like inside grocery stores and stuff. That's that. That's the biggest thing I've been noticing is they've been they're walking away from the inside grocery stores or just having mm-hmm. st- play just stores by themselves. They're wanting stores with drive throughs. Yeah, I actually think a lot of franchises be even beyond coffee will be moving to less um, in person seating and just more drive through stuff. Um, my I have two younger brothers. One of them uh, is autistic and his favorite restaurant in town is McDonald's. Um, it's great because we can go anywhere. There's McDonald's. However, McDonald's didn't have indoor seating for a long time because of COVID. And so my brother would be very upset because um, for him, COVID was, you know, ruining McDonald's. And like uh, we actually videotaped him when our McDonald's reopened and he just had this little goofy little grin on his face because he was so excited because, you know, there was we got to sit in McDonald's. And that was that was really McDonald's for him versus the drive through. But I mean, my dad and I have talked about it, like what happens when. And so many of these major franchises realize like we did fine without the in-person seating revenue wise, like this really won't be that big of a difference. And you're saving money by essentially having less employees to manage and take care of all of that smaller storefronts. Like, well, and, and even before the whole before COVID, it's not like your Starbucks is your Wendy's and Burger Kings and stuff. It's not like there were that many people in those restaurants to eat there anyway. It normally was a it's your grab and go kind of thing. It's not like uh, at least in the U.S. I feel like a lot of the restaurant, a lot of this fast food re- restaurants, it's not like you didn't go in and say, we're going to get McDonald's and we're going to sit inside and eat. No, it was you're going to grab quickly grab it and go. Oh, yeah. No, that's how I wished my family could have operated. But as I said, it wasn't McDonald's if we weren't sitting inside McDonald's. I don't remember the last time I ever sat down inside a fast food place. I've gone in to order if the drive through line is too long, but I get it in a bag and I go back out to my car. And pretty much about 90% of the time you're going to one of those places anyway, you're on a road trip mm-hmm. or you're in a hurry. You're not going to say, we're going to have a family meal at Burger King tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's one of those situations that's just like, I could totally see co- companies in new builds of restaurants, maybe only having two, maybe a handful of seats anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you look, so you look at Grand Forks. Grand Forks is what, got like four Burger Kings or something like that. Do all four of them really need to have a dining center where no. all of them need to be? Again, it's the transition in marketing um, from a general standpoint. Like most of those in-person restaurants had like kids play areas, right? Like that's not really a driving marketing factor. It's not quite like a core value at the moment. I think it was. Yeah, that's why they existed, but it's not anymore. And I, But I don't think like I don't even know of the closest McDonald's one that has one of those that I can think of. I don't, I don't think there's one in Grand Forks. Well, I mean, here's another example. When I was growing up, um, we had a pizza hut in town and they had an actual like buffet and kids ate free on Tuesdays. Um, hmm. Obviously, pizza huts with buffets are no longer. We all associate pizza hut with delivery. Um, and they're like, you know, takeout deals type of thing. Like you don't sit in and eat pizza hut. 
That's not a thing. Most major pizza franchises. Can you at any major pizza franchise anymore? Help me think about this. Maybe like Happy Joe's one with like the train when you were a kid. No. Never heard of that. Okay, never mind. And that's <laughs> on being Canadian. The, the only one, <laughs> the only pizza place like that that I could think of is Mod. I don't know that one. You don't know Mod Pizza? Sorry. <laughs> oh, what Broke have you missed? Up. <laughs> Mod, Not a clue. Mod Pizza is really good. Uh, but yeah, in conclusion, I think all that marketing has been transitioning over. But I think like pandemic wise, really accelerates that. Like, okay, we. Our customer base isn't sitting down and eating. That's not the value priority that they're seeking mm. when they I, I, or order from the, us. One of the, I think one of the biggest takeaways all these companies are going to do within this last year is realize what do they need to have to work and what do they not need anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it was a I think it's a way of forced obsolescence. Like like a, a perfect example is Disneyland got rid of all their fast passes to. Uh, <laughs> To now it's a paid version of it where you, um, I haven't looked into it much, but they no longer have all the ticket machines where you put your, your, your admission ticket and you get a fast pass to go at a certain time. Now, Disney World had switched over to a different program that was terrible and they finally got rid of it. And I think it was only because of they had this time to think about, OK, this really wasn't working. We can now put a different program in and make it better than what we currently have. So I, I think that's I think that's a great example of. Of companies looking at what they're currently offering and how can they change to improve it. I don't know how to go. Man, I love our rabbit trails. This is great. This where is did what we I even what? So this was all started because of where did we start construction? Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about McVeigh. We were talking about McVeigh and changes on campus, and then we we're talking about the Starbucks in the Union. Yeah, and then I started talking about Starbucks in general and throwing hands on that. Don't even ask about vanilla bean frappuccinos and McDonald's. <laughs> I like that. Please call it copy construction capitalism. Ben's not going to. I'm still depressed that we like, okay. We, I think we did talk about this union wise already, but like of all the restaurants that people like, you know, voted on all those surveys they had for the union, like, okay. Yes. Having Starbs in here makes sense. Um, Panda Express, I can get behind. Obviously you've all like the university associated, like, storefronts i don't even want to call them but like come on we literally wanted chipotle that's all we wanted why chick-fil-a that's my question why chick-fil-a we have a chick-fil-a and that's what i don't get like panda express makes sense because the closest panda's in fargo oh i was so excited when we had oh yeah when we got panda but like but like the fact that it's a chick-fil-a and they've got six menu options it's like What's why can't and I, and if you're going to play the argument of students don't have access down to the to down to the one on 32nd, the camp, um, the union is not really centrally located. We've 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 talked on this podcast before about how really the campus is moving its heart over to Wilkerson because truly where everyone lives in that Wilkerson area, mm-hmm. no one lives over by the Memorial Union. And I remember when we, I, Oop, we, I remember we had, uh, this was about probably two years ago. There was a conversation about the, before when, the, when this was, they announced they were building the union. Why were they building it here? Why wouldn't they, why weren't they building it closer to Wilkerson? Only because it just doesn't make sense to have it here. Cause it's no, granted, there's a whole bunch of um, classes behind us, but that's not that, that's not where everyone lives. It's everyone. So in the winter, now you got to walk in the cold, in, the, in a cold environment. Now, granted, I've heard there's some plans to put heated walkways to connect every single building together 
But that's not here yet. That's going to take years and years to get yeah, that done. Yeah, UND's new construction plan, mostly starting with the demolition of McVeigh West and that some of that complex. Like I think that's kind of how they're planning to start some of those Cause there's walkways. Because I believe there's a plan to connect Wilkerson to whichever one the cor- <laughs> whichever one's on the corner of the Cooley uh, across from the Pinka Dot uh, sorority house. <laughs> like uh, uh, Smith Johnstone. Yeah, whatever. Wh- yes, one wh- whatever whichever one that is. They're planning on connecting that with a an over the over the road. Uh, like over uni. Y- oh, yes. So they're gonna shut down that whole area then to build that. You won't be able to drive through. You won't be able to walk under. Okay, has I uni ever been yet. completely open? <laughs> yeah, not the point. Well, I feel like. If with at the rate the construction is going, there's going to be construction for the next 20 years at this rate. Gr- yeah. Granted, this union was built in two years. It wasn't fully done in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if they really, I I do think for them it is a priority because I think the biggest complaint about here is when it's those minus 40 days and you have to walk outside. Those are not fun. No. And I mean, you're totally right. Everything's shifting towards the Wilkerson area being the central part of campus. As I said, my freshman year, I was in McVeigh. Engineering complex is all the way across campus. That's a 15-minute walk unless you speed walk because it's negative 40 and then you're, you know, trucking in at 10 minutes. But, like, I don't want to sprint across campus. It makes you stand out even more. Like, no thanks. Yeah. I My freshman year, I had to go from Columbia over to Odegaard. Mm-hmm. That's 20 minutes. Yep. Yeah. I got, it, I, got, I got it down to 15 to... Uh, 13 to 15 minutes but that means leaving class early to then get get to my next class late love that for Mm -hmm. you man yeah but i think part of that shift is because so many of those aviation buildings are farther west and i and for those once you get into one of them you're now fully interconnected to all the buildings so you don't even have to go outside anymore and i think that was I bet that's the starting point of where all the other of now connecting all the rest together. It makes sense. of mm-hmm. is once you get inside, it's really nice to have your code on and off, on and off, on and off, especially once we get into the end winter. Yeah. Because then it's like, I really don't want to go outside in the mi- at minus 10, minus 20, minus 30. Mm-hmm. What is UND's like cutoff for snow days and like temperature wise? I remember when I was in like elementary school, it was negative 15 with wind chill. Like that was the... That was it. Like, if it was colder than that, you didn't go outside for recess. Um, we don't have a hard line like that. I think we do, but it's like minus 40. I hate it here. <laughs> or when we get ground blizzards. Yeah, I just... I believe it's when the wind chill gets to a point of you can't physically be outside is when is the cutoff. <laughs> yeah, so in conclusion, fifth grade Claire wasn't allowed to go outside for her 15 minutes of recess when it was negative 15. However, junior year Claire must go outside when it is <laughs> negative 40 for 15 minutes to walk across campus. Yes. Perfect. Well, it's supposed to be really, really nice out this week, so enjoy the warm weather while you can. Um I'm sure that fall will be very short and then we will get right into winter. So get ready for that. But that's all that we have for you guys today. So thank you, Ben. Thank you, Claire, for coming on. And I hope that you guys have a good rest of your week.